gritty culture and class in America. Live from Long Island's Gold Coast, this is the Melissa Itell Duran Show on Breaking It Down Radio with co-host Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Melissa Itell Duran Show. Frank McKay here with the wife, the mother, the dancer, the educator, the author of several books, the uh, the subject of two documentaries, and soon you'll be able to see them on uh, on TV as well as the internet. and And uh, the the subject before becoming uh, the host of her own show, uh, the subject of a, a long uh, radio series, but for for uh, several years now, many years now, uh, the the host of a uh, of of a podcast and a radio show that uh, touches on everything and she gives you the most honest uh view of everything unfettered and uh, always wonderful Frank McKay here much more importantly Melissa I tell John how are you I'm doing great Frank how are you Yeah doing well and uh well how how is president Biden doing he's uh he's got his hands full kind of what what what's his last week uh, look like and and what's he saying now? Well, he he met with the uh, he met with the uh, NATO allies yesterday, and he was in Poland and and uh, he was uh, trying to uh, show a united front to Putin. I don't know if that really you know will, will make Putin shake in his boots, but um, <laughs> he was trying to put the, that picture forward. He did mention that things might might still get bad, even though we're already in the thick of it right now. There might be food shortages. Uh, the uh, you know the the economy is just going to go south. But you know um, he's just giving us a heads. You know he's giving us a he's giving us a, a preview. He's doing us a favor. You know he's giving us a heads up. Yeah, and it's not my fault, guys. It's it's everybody. You know it's the war. It's Corona. It's this. It's that. Uh, and he's he's kind of doing that, right? He's. Uh, <laughs> You know, he's yeah. warning everybody, you know, listen, as great as I am, um, the country's in a bad spot right now. But, uh, yeah, again, and, and to be fair to him, he's he's in an almost impossible situation because it, you've got to believe a lot of this is happening. And uh, and, and it's just happening to everyone. Uh, you know, are we going to get dragged into like a worldwide recession over this? Some people are, are, are saying yes. Um, what? What is your take on on where uh, where he goes from here? Uh, was the was the summit was the uh, the meetings in uh, you know NATO meetings uh, were they successful from his standpoint and and were they successful from your standpoint looking in? I don't know. Uh, that's going to be hard to tell because uh, you have critics on. on on both sides, saying he should have done more. He uh, he knew about this. I mean, we 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 knew from the press, from the media, that that something was going to happen. You know, I think Biden has a, a habit of, of telling you things um, that are going on that may really, you know beforehand. Uh, and in this this press conference, it was really no different. He's telling you, he's giving you. I don't know if he's doing this on purpose or it's just this is his this is his style, but. We were getting bits of information on intelligence reports, and then when he, then he would stop short and say, uh, "I can't tell you, a, a, you know, intelligence won't let me say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know what is the what's the point of all this, you know? Well, why are you um, 
well, why are you telling us? And then you stop short of saying actually what you mean to say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got something to tell you guys, but I can't tell you. I can't. I <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's, you know, let's see. And, and again, time will tell how this, uh, how this all plays out. And, and again, the, the war in the Ukraine, and not to, you know, just be so obsessed with the, with the war in Ukraine, but it's really, it's driving. It's knocked coronavirus off of the front pages, right? I mean, uh, and there's a new strand of, uh, of coronavirus that's, uh, that's getting to people. I just don't know that it's deadly, uh, as deadly as it was uh, before. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to think now I'm, uh, I'm probably coming up on, on a booster shot. But, uh, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, what's your take on that? I mean, what's going on with this strand? The, the war has knocked it off, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, this is, is, I have no words. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I think he's trying to, you know, he's he's trying to listen to the, the you know, to NATO and what they think you know we should be doing, and then he's trying to um, to, to do, uh, satisfy um, Zelensky's uh, you know uh, his, his pleas for help, and he and 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 he's at the same time uh, not wanting to commit us to really anything. Now I know the big the thing that hangs the big elephant in the room obviously is is you know no fly zone what could happen if we really you know we really go ahead and say yeah here you know here are our things but that but what he did do is um, he did say that uh, if, if if Putin decides to use chemical or biological weapons that the U.S. will match him in kind I don't know if he meant if if he meant to go that far so as I'm just paraphrasing yeah. but. Yeah, but it, which is a little bit, it, it's kind of a, uh, a departure from his campaign promise when he said that uh, we would only use nuclear weapons as a deterrent. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, it, it sounds like he's going away from, read my lips, no nuclear weapons. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, hey, listen, everyone go to MelissaItellJuran.com. And watch the documentaries, and we'll tell you real soon where to watch them on uh, on Melissa's own channel on Roku channel, and uh, it will be uh, we'll be telling you about that real soon. I think within a week or so, uh, maybe two weeks, we'll be able to tell you where you could uh, see that, and be some exciting things coming up on there. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Melissa I tell Juran is our host each and every week. Uh, Melissa, if uh, if you think about the the situation that that Biden's in, um, you know, he, he knew he was coming into coronavirus. He knew he was going to have that. And he probably thought he was, you know, he had the tail end of it, which was pretty good. I don't know that he thought he was going to be looking at nuclear war. And uh, hopefully we're not. But uh, but it is on the table. Nuclear war is part of the conversation. And it passes the giggle test at this point. You know, when people used to say, oh, you know, nuclear war, it's like, OK, OK, you know, it's it's not going to be, you know, but now, you know, people say nuclear war and it's 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 not so scoffed at. It's not so uh, blown off. And one of the things that I heard recently and, you know, I heard this in the last couple of days, I don't know what's true and what's not, but they're saying that <laughs> Russia has lost 15,000 troops already. 
Now, mm-hmm. just to put that in perspective, in the whole Vietnam War, and I don't want to minimize because if you know one life is too many, and if it's your brother or if it was your father or sister or whatever, um, then it's it's uh, it, it's a major uh, it, you know situation. But in the big picture, when I think uh, the Vietnam War, I think we lost fifty six thousand people, and that was over an eight year period. And we mm-hmm. know how unpopular um, Vietnam was and how people, you know, were, were appalled by the body bags coming back and the body count um, on both sides and how um, depressing that was. Uh, do you believe the 15,000 troops uh, from the Russians uh, number? And secondly, um, how do you think Russia reacts to that? I mean, obviously, it's not going to be like Vietnam. You're not going to have the, the hippies in the street. Um, because Putin's going to throw them all in jail. I mean, he's not going to—he's not going to tolerate them. But what's your take yeah. on on that number? That's a tremendous number since February twenty fourth to have lost fifteen thousand. If it's true, well, that means that the, the Russian army isn't all that it's—it's it's, it's cracked up to be, and there are serious uh, serious um, problems within the in the ranks within the uh, the the, uh, the, the uh, integrity of the army. I mean, most of the Soldiers uh, in, in, in the Russian military are conscripts, uh, and um, as uh, you know, bold and 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 big as you know, Putin wants you to think that he, they are. Um, they are uh, the army has serious deficits because these these, these guys are, are conscripts, and and uh, they are not. Uh, you know, they're just not running on a, let's say, a full gas, a full tank of gas, <laughs> you know, literally and otherwise. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it looks like that's that's apparent. And again, I I don't know what to believe, what not to to believe, but uh, I don't think I don't think these guys, Zelensky and uh, and the other Ukrainians, I don't think they're rolling over. You know, they look like yeah. they're they're, mm-hmm. they're going for this. This is they are fighting tooth and nail. They gave a number of casualties that they've lost, and I don't believe the number, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, but it's something low. It was like sixteen hundred. I think that's propaganda coming out of his end. And the, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't believe that they've ever lost that many, uh, because you know Russia's bombing. It's it, it's like a siege. You know, in a, in a siege, you usually lose a lot of a lot of people, and and I think there's also a civilian number there that's uh that's being lowballed and they'll um they'll clearly be bigger um uh, bigger numbers when we see what reality is again melissa i tell com is where everyone should go to watch the documentaries uh, uh melissa uh the reaction that uh that we're the initial reaction that we're getting out of the nato meeting uh, i don't think and again i haven't paid close attention to the the news media um on uh, in regards to what happened at the meeting, uh, and it's it's still fresh to me. But when you think about when you uh, when you think about this, the the elephant in the room, like you said, is the no fly zone, and that's what Zelensky's asking for, and that's what you know to enforce the no fly zone, and that's what the the Ukrainians are. But we know, I think everyone knows, that the second NATO shoots down a Russian plane. Um, you know, it's it's technically the third world war. 
right? I mean, am yes. I yes. am I missing that? Am I missing something there? So we're NATO's <laughs> not in a hurry to do that. Did anything mm-hmm. change yesterday in regards to uh, the no-fly zone? I don't know if we can actually commit it to a no-fly zone, but if he's going, if Putin is threatening to use chemical and bi- or biological weapons, you know, I guess we we just can't, you know, sit by and, and let it, you know, right. you know, let him do it. I mean, because it seems to in a lot in many people's eyes, especially in, uh, in, in among many Republicans and and uh, you know, and some Democrats, and definitely. Uh, in, in you know in the in the uh, the bigger world on the bigger world stage, it seems as though we are. We're just you know okay, whatever. Yeah, you know this is uh, Hitler 2.0 here, and you know well, we don't want to you know we don't want to provoke anything because this time around there are nuclear weapons. There weren't back then, but nobody really stopped Hitler from you know going to going to Poland, Czechoslovakia. You know, and then going through all of Europe, and <laughs> even though that Churchill was making a lot of noise, saying, "Wait, what are you doing? Stop this guy!" We didn't do it right away, yeah. but um, we, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of people are are, are just, um, you know, uh, demanding that we, you know, we 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 do more, and there are those who feel, you know, that that we have to, you know, we we have to take that that chance. I'm not crazy about that. I don't want to believe that he's that that Putin is going to you know it's it's, it's going to press the red button. Although uh, some people, uh, some experts in the field say that what he'll do most likely is use a tactical battlefield nuke, which is a, a low-grade nuke. I mean, I don't know what what's a low how low-grade can a nuclear weapon get, and, uh, and we wreak havoc on 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 the troops and, and there. And and I mean, it was just I mean, the, the radiation will just wipe out everything. It will travel in Europe. It'll travel to Russia. So people will, you know, people will get sick from that. And I, 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 I don't know who who really benefits. Yeah, no, nobody certainly does in a nuclear war. I think it was uh, Einstein. I don't know if we talked about this. Yes, we did. Yes, mentioned what. You know that. That's a full. That's an all-out nuclear war. This would be a. Um, this would be a contained nuclear, um, uh, nuclear incident. Uh, because a tactical nuke is a very small, uh, low-grade weapon. It, it's it's not. It wouldn't cause the devastation that you, you, you may have seen on one of those uh, nuclear war movies. Yeah, on the beach or one of those. Uh, uh, or 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 the day after or. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is, uh, you know, we we haven't since the Cold War has been over, so you know, so to speak. Um, we haven't had that real threat of of nuclear war. Uh, this, uh, I've you know, I've done some shows lately uh, where I was a guest on on other people's shows, and they were um, uh, they were all uh, talking about the not all, but I mean, many of them were talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis as, as being the last big nuclear threat. Um, mm-hmm. When that was going on, we didn't, you know, Saddam Hussein. Nobody, nobody felt that Saddam Hussein had nuclear weapons, and if he had them, he probably would have set them off, right? He would have, he would have done it. And I, uh, and and I think if Bin Laden had um, had some, um, uh, you know, some kind of nuclear weapons, he would have, um, he would have tried to, uh, you know, set them off. And and I, I don't want to dare anybody to do anything, but the fact that there's right. been no dirty bomb or anything like that. I, I certainly don't want to dare anybody to uh, to take take their shots or God forbid 
they would go after Israel with uh, uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, that's why, you know, any talk about giving Iran, and, and, and they did it, you know, they, they, they gave uh, Iran the permission to, to create a nuclear program. I, I mean, I, you know, think about that. I, I know we're kind of jumping here, but are you at all comfortable with Iran having nuclear weapons? No, that's another, that's a big mistake. I don't know what, I don't know why we entered in this. This isn't, it doesn't even sound like a deal. It's more like a contract. I mean, it's giving them the, the power now to terrorize uh, the, you know, the, the Middle East. Right. I mean, now, imagine you've got, it's bad enough you've got Russia, you've got, uh, you've got some other countries with nukes. You're going to have Iran thrown into the mix. Iran is, is, is you know, the, 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 the biggest threat to Israel. Not that Israel's afraid of Iran. I mean, they will take out Iran if they think there's the slightest indication. Oh, yeah. But to have them wielding power to blackmail people, to blackmail other countries, that's, the, I think, the worst possible thing, the stupidest thing. And, and it, it, this goes back to the Obama administration. I never – this is one of the reasons I, – one of the things I – one of my pet peeves with the Obama administration, to go out and make a deal like that. I mean, how can you trust these people? I mean, arming them, making them a nuclear power, and if they already, if they don't already have a bomb somewhere, I mean, it, it's it's only it's only inviting more trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, that's <coughs> honestly anybody can say what they want about Obama and his policies. Uh, yeah. His his putting this Iran deal together to me is is unforgivable. I, I mean, uh, how do you do that? And again, I'm not like this hate Obama guy or whatever, but I, I to to say we trust Iran with nuclear weapons, Iran with nuclear weapons is is the most outrageous uh, statement uh, that anybody could say. Iran, I mean, mm -hmm. Iran, right, with nuclear weapons. I mean, let's. I, I don't know. I, I mean, if I say it enough times, maybe it'll make sense to me. What sense does it make? To give somebody like Iran nuclear weapons, I, I mean, I don't it, know. You know. It's like, it, you know, that you talk about creating another Putin. I, I mean, you're talking about potentially uh, ten times worse than Putin because uh, Iran has been so unstable that it's, uh, you know, and and to say anybody's worse than Putin, Iran would be worse than Putin. I, I think, right? Hey, hey, yeah. They hate us. They hate the. They hate our allies. They hate what we stand for. Oh, they would love to throw it at Israel. I mean, Israel knows what they're doing. They're they're tough. They're they've got the, the greatest uh, intelligence uh, apparatus. Yes, and and though they're a small country, they are very uh, very keen to what to to, to what uh, monsters like Iran could possibly do. And uh, but the the, the the point is that Iran's going to run around and, and you know th throw its weight and try to blackmail people, try to blackmail countries with their nuclear capabilities. I think it's an awful idea, and it's one of one of the, the worst um, one of the worst uh, remnants of the of the Obama Obama administration. And I, I wasn't crazy with Obama to begin with. I certainly didn't see him as a, any friend of Israel's. Um, but this certainly. Uh, yeah, terrible. I mean, this is the stupidest thing to, to get us into. And then, no, and 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 last I heard, there was a Russian a, a Russian lawyer who was the the intermediary in these talks. I mean, how bizarre can you get? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, it, you know, to me, it's just it's unbelievable. It's like the the rattlesnakes are are are, are representing the cobras and uh, and. 
you know, on top of that, was just throwing caution to the uh, uh, to the wind. Uh, yeah, just terrible, terrible judgment uh, giving Iran any kind of power, never mind nuclear power or the position to, uh, you know, the, put them in position to do it. Uh, that's that's something that's going to be played out. And right now, nobody's nobody's paying that much attention to what what's going on in the middle the Middle East because uh, Putin is such a distraction. Uh, Melissa Itell Joran.com. Frank McKay here with our host each and every week. Melissa Itell Joran. Melissa, what is what is the take that you get and that everyone else is getting from China? Where where are they? Are they loving this? Are they worried about this? Are they uh, are they using this? Obviously, they've got tremendous leverage. They might have more leverage than anyone. Um, but what's your take on China? Well, China is an interesting. That's an interesting uh, party to all this. China is going to end up as as, as the uh, the number one power. They want to rule the world, as probably even more than Putin does. Putin wants to rule the world too. But China's interested, I think, in getting European uh, economic uh, influence. Um, I don't think. Uh, it, it, they're going to let Russia, you know, just do whatever they want, because they are concerned about you know, the destabilization of, of Europe. Um, but I, I would watch China very carefully, because um, you know they they may uh, they're, they're look. I mean, they own they're 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 top banana. Yeah, their mouths are watering over mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's going on here. This is what they wanted. It's. You know, look, a new world order always comes out of war, and uh, and they they in the, in the new world order may be uh, ahead of us in many uh, in in many areas, and and we have so much debt to them, right? Don't we owe a tremendous amount of uh, money to China? Uh, what's oh yes, they own our debt. <laughs> yeah, uh, crazy. I mean, it's you know, China is um, China's in a and and by the way, if you ever got into a uh, I, you know, I had a conversation with with somebody about this, and his whole life is about peace. And ninety something year old man, and he's a scholar, and he's been nominated for all, you know, amazing awards and whatever. And his whole his whole plan is peace. His whole thought and life is is peace. And he talks about people being aggressive about wanting a war with China. And he said anyone that wants any American that wants war with China is basically calling for a nuclear war because we're not yeah. going to win a mm-hmm. ground war with China. They could just keep throwing people after people after people after people to fight if there's some kind of ground war. So you're not talking about anything that would be considered a ground war. You're talking about an air war, and, and you're ultimately talking about um, a, a, about a... This is his point. I'm not making this point, but it is food for thought. He's saying... Um, He's saying that uh, anybody that's calling for war with China, and this is before the Putin situation happened, maybe just before that, he said, yeah, these are people that are basically cheering for nu- uh, nuclear war because they obviously want us to win a war. How do we win a war with China without it being a nuclear war? That's mm-hmm. his take. Now, what's your what's your take on what I just said and what that man said? Well, um, I don't think you can you can't trust them, but you, you have to. You have to you have to work with them. Now, the an interesting uh, as an interesting aside, uh, when Biden spoke to President Xi, 
I, I don't know if it was by phone or by video, uh, or it was. Uh, I, I don't know if he did a Zoom call with him, and he said to him, "Look, if you do, if you go ahead and and, and invade Taiwan, this is what we're going to do." <laughs> yeah, right. He's probably listening, saying, "Uh huh, yeah, right, sure, okay, yes, old man, right." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> it's true, though. You're right. I mean, this is, you know, this is what we're looking at. This is, uh, this, this is the world where we're we're living in. Uh, you know, at this point, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we are. It, it is a an absolute, um, an an absolute powder keg, uh, waiting to go off and. Look, Joe Biden's in charge. I mean, whether whether we like him, don't like him, uh, I, I mean, people mm -hmm. are, um, uh, you know, uh, people are dealing with uh, with their concerns about him and cheering against him and everything else. You know, he's the president. You know, we got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that he knows what the hell he's doing. You know, and I and when I say hope, I I don't have a great deal of confidence in in him as a president. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're stuck with him for the time being. Someone asked him. One of the, one of the uh, reporters asked him at the uh, at the NATO, uh, and it wasn't an American, uh, an American journalist. It was uh, this was at the NATO conference, um, uh, press conference, and he he answered. It was a German uh, journalist and said, um, you know, "What do you make of your predecessor?" You know, running again, again, and 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 uh, how is that affecting what you're doing here at the with with the NATO allies? And 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 Biden said, oh, it would be more, you know, really fortunate if if he, you know, if he would run again for me. And no, I'm not changing anything because of that threat. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's that's where we are. What what do you think the next big pivot in the Russian situation is? Uh, do you think it's? Do you think there's going to be a bloody battle of Kiev, and uh, and are they going to go for it right now? Uh, if Russia thinks they can do it, uh, they will. Um, they will take it. Um, do we? Uh, do we think that? Um, do we think that Kiev, the war on Kiev, is next, or do we think Odessa? Is uh, mm -hmm. is maybe going to uh, you know they're going to attack Odessa and try to march right through to Moldova? That's what Romanians think. Um, mm. But what what do you think? What what do you think the next big uh, pivot point in this whole situation is? I don't know. Um, I think this war has been going on now for what three and a half weeks, and uh, we we're seeing the cracks in the in the, you know, in the facade and of, of the of the Russian military, uh, and I, I think uh, I'm hoping that they that maybe they can reach some kind of accord, uh, you know, and 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 put this on a stop, and and just you know reach a, uh, reach a, um, you know, a point where they decide they they want to cease fire. I mean, how much more of this has to go on? This is this is innocent lives and and and, and destruction and mayhem and uh, what's what is going to be left when this is all said and done? Yeah, do you know what Zelensky just did? And he, he's doing some very, pretty smart things. He's handling himself uh -huh. well. I, I've got yeah. to, I've got to say I'm I'm impressed with him. And and I know people say um, um, that he is. Uh, 
that that he is going to be um uh, you know judged because uh, he was a professional clown i i don't know who called him that uh, you know the putin people and maybe tucker carlson people like that call him a professional clown and uh because he was a comedian and he was all of these things but he's doing some great things and one of the things that he just did is he appealed to the russian parents and he mm-hmm. basically said your your children are dying over here and they're dying um, for a terrible cause to come in and invade our country and to harm our people. Now, when I, I just heard someone say, and I just I did a show at 7.30 this morning. I was a guest on someone's show. I heard a, a former captain in the military say that he had, he had two young kids when he was, uh, when he was at war, and uh, he was in, uh, at war in uh, Iraq, uh, the second time in, in Iraq, and he had a, a four-year-old and a, a five-year-old, and the one solace, the or the, the one you know uh, set of circumstances that that gave him solace was that if he were to die in battle, that his children would know that his his father died heroically, doing something mm-hmm. that was a just cause that that we felt was a just cause. Russia doesn't have that. This is him, him yeah. just saying this just a little while ago. He's saying, Russia, uh, what can you say is the just cause? I mean, you could spin whatever you'd like to, but uh, you, you can't say, well, uh, he was defending Russia. We were worried about the Ukraine uh, because they're such a, a superpower and, and we wanted to put them in their place. No, you're invading a smaller country. And uh, there's no pride. So your children, and again, I'm paraphrasing a lot here, but uh, Zelensky is basically saying, uh, you know, stop your children from coming here. And he, he was talking to the, you know, to the parents and saying, don't, don't let your children do this to us. There's no honor in this. There's no whatever in this. And uh, to me, that's yeah. a pretty good, that's a pretty good message. Mm-hmm. I I suppose so, but some people said said uh, you know why why doesn't he call for a ceasefire? Why doesn't he try? You know, he, he, I don't know if the Ukrainians, I don't think the Ukrainians can 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 overcome this that easily. I mean, this is taking three weeks. They they're counting on us. They think you know we should be you know. I mean, he made several impassioned speeches saying that you know. Why are why aren't we coming in and shipping our 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 armaments directly? Why aren't we establishing the no-fly zone? Why why aren't we just getting more involved? You know, and and, and he's kind of, you know, pleading with us, pleading with NATO, and and Biden had been sidestepping that, treading very carefully, saying, oh, I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll increase the the aid package, but we can't go as far as a as the so-called uh, what is what is what do they call it now? The what's the favorite word of the Biden administration? And, and Jen Psaki, um, uh, ex, es, uh, um, escalatory uh, measures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they love that. They, that's their catchphrase. That's their meme. You know, escalatory. Um, so um, I don't know. I. It's a tricky situation. In the conflict, right? That was yeah, the yeah. Bringing it right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, taking the risk of. Uh, you know, um, well, if we, you know, if it's, you know, U.S. against Russia, if it happens to be a U.S. plane shooting on a Russian plane, and that means World War Three, well, 
you know, according to Zelensky, maybe, you know, we're probably already in it anyway. I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult situation. It's scary. And, uh, and some people are saying, well, on the other hand, Putin is just, you know, he's just, you know, he's just blowing steam. He's just threatening us. It's idle. Those are idle threats. Because what would he have? You know, scorched earth after it's all said and done? Yeah. I mean, military people will tell you that, uh, that Russia has no chance against us in, in a war. Now, again, we'd hate to find out, right? We'd hate to uh, feel that. But our presence in, uh, in Europe uh, is at 90,000. I think we have 90,000 troops. We used to have uh, 400,000. Right, uh, that that were were there, right? That were there uh, yeah. supporting NATO or whatever. Now we have ninety thousand. So I don't even. By the way, a young man at the station that I was just at, um, he was asking if there's uh, if there's going to be a draft. He's twenty three years old and he's worried. Oh boy, really? Yeah, yeah. and and I said, uh, I, I said, I think you're a long way away from that. And uh, and and I said, do you have? Is there any girl out there you could find that could marry you real quick? You know, and that's a that's a uh, yeah. uh, you know that that's a that's a way uh, a way to keep yourself. Uh, you know, I was we were joking with him, and he said, "No, I think I'd rather enlist than do that." He's twenty three mm-hmm. years old. You know, mm-hmm. you want to get married? Yeah. But uh, and we were joking around with him with that. But the um, mm-hmm. you know when you when you think about it, that's what these guys are are thinking about. Young men, uh, especially young men. Are thinking, you know, is this going to mean that I'm going to war? And you got to think about it. You know, one thing I, I should say, when you know, when Ronald Reagan was was president, he was the first president I I voted for, and uh, and uh, it, and I was 18 years old when uh, when when um, uh, when I got to vote for him. I guess that was the second time around with uh, Mondale, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, against Mondale. And when I um, uh, when I turned 18, what we had to do is we had to register for the draft, and you uh-huh. still have to do that, right? It's uh, what is it called? Um, um, services special um, uh, select um, select services, right? Service, yeah. Right. So the thing is, you do that, and when you uh-huh. think about that, when you when you put in for that, I don't care if you're at war or not at war, you get that weird feeling like, oh, okay, I'm putting in for the draft you know and even though it's just it's a formality right it's not Mm -hmm. it's we know there's no war where there's no draft there's no whatever but when you do it it becomes real it's like a real Mm -hmm. feeling it was for me and it was for my uh, my my youngest son who's 20 now uh, and he had Mm -hmm. the same feeling you know like like whoa Mm -hmm. okay um yeah i'm now I'm now in there for select services, and and if there is a war, I could be drafted. So you start thinking about these things as a young man, like, oh wow, this is this could possibly be. But now, just think about what what pe- what young men in Europe are thinking, and what I just told you, what a young man is thinking right here, that this is uh, this is serious business. And I think I told you um, that when I was uh, in the Ukraine, I was right on the Polish border, that I got I got across. And it was right after a bombing. And I think it was seven. Mm -hmm. They bombed seven and a half hours after I was there or less than seven and a half hours after I was in the exact same spot. And I got to look at the map and just pinpoint where it was. And uh, but it was 10 miles off of the Polish border. Now, having said that, 
when I when I got in, and I think I mentioned this, that uh, that there was a, uh, I was staying in this little room, a little, tiny little room, and you know, no TV, no microwave, no you know, just a, a bare light, bare naked light, and and a cot, a little cot. And it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was warm and it was great. And it was over a, a little bar restaurant and they ran, you know, they this little, whatever you call it, you know, extra rooms that they put. Very modest, clean, uh, but modest. But in order to get there, I had to go through this door that this other bar was. And this other bar were kids. They were, you know, kids meaning like 18 years old, 20 years old, and they were drunk and they were rambunctious. Mm-hmm. And I got the impression that they were more ram- because they were yelling at older people and they were being obnoxious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they normally look like good kids. You know, I, they look like they would normally be good kids, I should say. And again, it's a very small sample size, but they were outside in the freezing cold smoking. You know, they were just yeah. you know, having mm-hmm. a c- cigarette. But I waited till they left so I can get in with my equipment. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to uh, get into a hassle with them and lose my equipment or, mm-hmm. uh, or have them steal it. Who knows what they would have done. And I felt safer waiting. And, and as I uh, scooted by, I got upstairs mm-hmm. to the, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the safe zone where I was. And, right. um, and they started singing. It must have been on the jukebox. R.E.M. song. It's the end of the world as we know it. And they sang oh. <laughs> kind of, uh, uh, tongue in cheek and i got to check to see if i because i know i turned on my uh my my uh video at the time i don't yeah. know what the audio was but i thought about going down even with my uh my iphone mm-hmm. but the guy mm-hmm. said uh you know the guy stopped me from my thing he said don't go down there and pardon the language but he said they're little shitters when they're drunk mm-hmm. is what he said and mm-hmm. uh pardon the language everybody but that's what that's he said. A, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. he said yeah. you know little shitters when they're drunk don't so right. I, I was kind of talked out of, of going there. I would have liked the visual of them singing mm-hmm. that, and but mm-hmm. the the moment didn't pass me by. Um, mm-hmm. These are these young men that would most likely be going to war if Poland gets bombed, and if this turns into uh, a NATO war or uh, uh, you know a, a Polish uh, conflict. These are the guys that would go there. And uh, right. and if you think about it, maybe that's why they were being rambunctious. Maybe they're always like that. But I don't know. So this, these are these are exceptional times, and God forbid things should escalate to that extent. Yeah, amazing, Melissa. I tell Joran.com, Everyone is where we should go to watch the documentary soon. You'll be able to see it on TV, on the Melissa I tell Joran channel, and we uh, we look forward to sharing that with you. Uh, Melissa, uh, any last thoughts on on Biden, on the big meeting yesterday, on anything that's uh, that that's going on? And uh, and what do you what do you think is possible that we'll be talking about next week? Is there something looming over us that uh, that will will take this off of the front pages? Well, you know, as we were, you know, as we were talking, the uh Confirmation hearings for uh, oh, yes. Katanji, yes, for Katanji, uh, uh, I don't even have her full name, uh, yeah, Brown uh, Jackson, yeah, judge, yeah, she's a judge right now. They are wrapping up, uh, and of course, there's, it, it, uh, it showed, it, uh, there were battle lines drawn, and, and uh you know, uh, you know, uh, it's the same. I guess the same. The usual suspects: uh, Ted Cruz and some of the Republicans on the on the Judicial Committee. 
Senate Judicial Committee were accused of uh, race baiting, and uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I have. She might get. Um, she might get confirmed. It might be a narrow margin. Is she the best? The best person, the best candidate out there. Not in my opinion, from what I read about her, but she fits. You know, she fits the uh, the. You know the, the the basic visuals, and and she she checks the basic boxes. Uh, there were other contenders, I think, who, who may have been better qualified, but they didn't have her. I guess uh, they didn't have some of her uh, her 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 bio uh, uh, factors. And uh, um, I don't know. I think she reflects the, the the path that Biden has taken, that he has sold his soul to. Uh, to keep his uh, administration running, to, to have gotten elected in the first place, because he said, "I'm going to elect. A, I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to have a black vice president, black woman, and I'm going to have a black woman on the on the Supreme Court." Okay, that's nice, but you, you know, are you sacrificing other things um, for that? Uh, I I was um, I read somewhere that you know people who are you know in the know say, "Yes, she's got you know she's got a very good resume. She's got." Uh, you know, uh, she she was a a a, 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 a criminal defense um, attorney. She served in a, a, you know, a very prominent law firm in Washington before she became a judge. Um, but her views are quite uh, her views raise eyebrows in certain circles regarding uh, um, uh, sentences for, uh, for example, child pornographers people who had child pornography in their possession uh she and in other instances she reflects a more i guess a more progressive uh lower bail uh ideology which is coming under fire especially in new york with our with the new york uh the, the da in in manhattan who has been accused of being you know light on everything too light and and, and insensitive to uh, the the the, the Frighteningly growing crime rate in, in uh, New York City, uh, and she, there are those who say she, she does not write well. She her briefs are not well written. She may have gone, you know, to all these fancy schools, you know, Harvard and Princeton, or I'm, I'm not even sure. But she went to Harvard Law. Uh, she wasn't exactly a. She's not a poster child for someone who came up the hard way. She she did have a lot of educational advantages. So she that's that's erroneous. And uh, I don't think she is the very best candidate out there. There were other other judges to consider, but you know he went with it with her. Yeah, she checked off the boxes for the president. Yeah, and we'll yeah. See how it goes, but I I, I predict she'll get through. Um, you know. She will. Maybe a close one. Uh, I don't agree with Alan Dershowitz because uh, I think he's in in, in in know it all sometimes. And of course, he's all for you know he's all gung ho for her, but that's you know his business yeah no doubt about it melissa thank you very much uh thank you frank and thanks to everyone who listens regularly and has stuck by us all this time yeah we we can't thank you enough for that and we know you have a lot of choices and whatever one of the uh, 124 outlets uh you listen to us on we uh we encourage uh you to continue to do that frank mckay signing off we'll see you next time on the melissa i tell show You've been listening to Melissa Itell-Duran and co-host Frank McKay on Breaking It Down Radio.